It's time to breathe new life into the social entrepreneur by empowering you to make a living through fulfilling work that will impact lives. You'll make money, but more importantly, you'll make a difference. Welcome to the Change Creator Podcast. It's time to build a business with purpose. Now here's your host, Adam Force. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is your host, Adam Force. Welcome to the Change Creator Podcast show. Um, we have an exciting episode today with a return guest, and uh, you may know him in the social entrepreneurship space. His name is Tony Lloyd. Um, we brought Tony back because he's got lots of exciting stuff going on with his new book, a crowdfunding campaign that he launched successfully, um, and we want to talk about those things uh, and get his insights, especially on that crowdfunding campaign and how that worked out and uh, what drove his book uh, development. Guys, as we reach the the fourth quarter of the year, we have some exciting conferences coming up, and this is such a great opportunity to network, meet people in person, um, you know, find those investors and mentors. Uh, and we got two conferences coming up that our team is going to be at. We would love to see you there. Uh, the first one is Survive and Thrive, which is right outside of New York in Kent, Connecticut, and that is September eight to ten. Um, you could stop by our website. Uh, we have fifteen percent off on tickets, which they hooked us up with, and we were able to extend that to you. Um, So guys, it's definitely worth checking out. This is a very unique experience, and there's going to be one-on-one opportunities with mentors and impact investors. And you'll also be hanging around campfires and drinking beers. So pretty pretty cool stuff. Um, the other one is a big staple uh, that is a yearly event. It's called SOCAP. And for 2017, this is where you get some serious uh, discussion on social entrepreneurship. And you will meet many impact investors. Uh, this is one that we will also be at. And we would love to see you guys there. Um, so check out the site and stop by. I believe they still have the summer sale tickets going on, so you might want to check that out. I think it ends on September 1st, so you're going to have to act quick before prices go up. Um, And just a reminder, guys, Issue 10, we have two award-winning entrepreneurs. They have the Skull Foundation Award for Social Entrepreneurship. It's Dr. Elizabeth Hausler and Chuck Slaughter in Issue 10 of the magazine, which is now live on iOS and Google and on our website, you can subscribe right on changecreatormag.com. We are set up to basically create a membership. And once you subscribe on the website, you'll get access on all devices. So guys, check it out. It's our new platform with a responsive reading experience. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback. And please do leave us a review on the App Store. All right, without further ado, guys, we're going to jump into this conversation with Tony and see what he has to say. I know you're going to dig this. Hey, Tony, welcome back, and I appreciate you jumping uh, on the Change Creator Podcast show. How are you doing today? I'm great, Adam, and thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome. Well, it's been a while, and um, I noticed you had a lot going on, so I wanted to chat with you again and find out uh, what what you're doing, and uh, maybe we can get some new insights from you with your awesome book and the uh, crowdfunding campaign you did and the radio show. So lots to cover in a short period of time, uh, so we'll dive into it. Um, if you could just give people a quick reminder about what you have going on uh, over at your website and the work you're doing, we'll start diving into to some of the new developments. 
Sure. Uh, so I, I also have a podcast that uh, highlights social entrepreneurs, and the name of the podcast is Social Entrepreneur. Uh, it, but uh, everything's found really at TonyLloyd.com, and the only tricky part of that is there's only one L in Lloyd, so it's T-O-N-Y-L-O-Y-D.com. Mm. And, uh, and that's where everything's sort of housed. But uh, since, <laughs> since you and I talked, um, well, let me let me just back up a little bit. Um, when I when I hit about the 150 podcast episode, uh, I spent a little bit of time going back into the uh, interviews that I'd done, and kind of like you, every time I have an interview, I just ask for you know the guests sort of their best advice. What's your best advice for new and aspiring social entrepreneurs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I went back into that. I. Um, transcribed what they had said in that particular part of the interview. And then uh, based on that, I created a little spreadsheet. I'm kind of a geek like this. You know? yeah. So everything everything goes in a spreadsheet and I analyze it all. So I created a spreadsheet and I looked for keywords and then I started sorting it. And, uh, and all of that became kind of the top 10 pieces of advice uh, that uh, were given again and again and again on the program. So, uh, so all that led to all the things that you just mentioned at the top of the uh, of the interview you know the the crowdfunding campaign a radio uh, a new radio program a uh, a new book that's coming out at the end of this month and so there's just a ton going on over here yeah yeah so how long did it take you to go through and you know basically transcribe and get all those data points that you wanted to share you know, um, well, it, it took me probably a weekend uh, and because I knew approximately where in the interview I usually probe in pretty hard on that. Mm. And and so I was able to sort of jump to, to you know, not an exact timestamp because you know how this goes. I mean, every interview flows back and forth and different links and different uh, ideas come up at different times. But I knew where I was always very conscious about that. And so I went about three quarters of the way there and I found the little thing now this is this is how fast technology uh, moves this was earlier in the year and i used a little tool called clamor and uh clamor no longer exists but uh, <laughs> but uh but clamor at the time was something you could grab 24 seconds uh, a 24 second soundbite to uh, to an interview, and so my whole thought through this process was, how useful would it be to have 150 leading social entrepreneurs standing in line? They were going to give you their best advice, but their advice was limited to only 24 seconds. What's that real nugget that co- comes out of that? Mm. So I I spent a weekend creating these little um, you know audio clips from. Um, the first 150 uh, interviews, and then I I got some help. I uh, outsource uh, somebody to transcribe that stuff for me. Awesome. Um, you know, it's always a, a beast when you look down the barrel of a project sometimes like that, and you're putting everything together, and it's you know you're excited to just get it out there, and you got a ton of legwork you got to do, and then now you got it together, and it's like all right, so you started thinking ahead and saying, well, you start, you did a crowdfunding campaign, right? So this was for the book, but it was also for a radio show. Um, yeah. And I'm just curious because it's always like, well, how do I start marketing this thing once I have it put together? That's it, it's a hard part, but it's the easy part of the of the journey because now you got to really get it out to people and spread the word and figure out how to do that. So tell, I guess walk me through some of the next steps there and what led you to crowdfunding and things like that. 
Yeah, so it was, uh, it, it, you know, I have this saying that I've been saying a lot uh, lately, Adam, is uh, miracles find you while you're in motion, right? So, you know, everybody we talk to, there's sort of this this dance of, was it hard work or was it luck? And, uh, and the thing I finally landed on was, uh, yes, it's all luck. However, you have to be in motion to run into those moments of synchronicity. And and so for me, um, you know, that little project I talked about, it was sort of a little side project, and I was thinking I might write up a big blog post about it. And I started writing it. The blog post was kind of getting out of hand anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know how these things go. And, uh, and then my wife and I were at the theater. We went to uh, see a play in a really small little sort of experimental theater. It's probably about uh, less than 50 seats in the place and um, the women that were sitting behind us were talking and uh, one of them said something about well you know I have a show and it's kind of like Prairie Home Companion but it's more modern and all this and so it kind of got our curiosity up and my wife turned around and introduced herself to these ladies and it turns out that one of the ladies works at a local radio program, uh, radio station. And so she, we exchanged business cards. We talked a little bit that night. And she took uh, my business card and went in and saw the president of the radio station and said, you ought to listen to a couple of these. He listened to it. And then he rang me up and said, you know, we'd like to talk to you about maybe putting your podcast on the air as a radio program. So... It was just one of those moments of synchronicity, right? Um, and and so in order to get some help for that, because I knew I was going to need some audio engineer help, I was going to need some administrative help, I was going to need more hands on deck, yeah. I said, well, I probably should start a crowdfunding campaign. So I reached out to Tom Dawkins, who runs Start Some Good, and Start Some Good is a crowdfunding uh, platform specifically for social entrepreneurs. And uh, and so Tom and I brainstormed some ideas, and he goes, look, you know, your, your friends and your family, they're going to come over and support you. But the question is, why would their friends and family come over and support you? And a lot of times, the rewards drive that second ring of support. Yeah. So uh, so we, um, we brainstormed that day, and I go, you know, I've got this this pile of stuff over here, these 150 little nuggets of advice. I keep thinking that could make a good book. And then he got pretty excited about the idea. And next thing you know, that was what we did. We put this together as a as a reward for the crowdfunding campaign. We had, you know, uh, probably 15, 20 layers of reward, levels of rewards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the book was one of the primary things uh, that that was one of the main rewards for the crowdfunding campaign. So I'll, I'll stop talking there and let you ask more questions. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's yeah. great. And I like how that all unfolded. And I, I do like your little... Uh, analogy about you know luck and stuff because it's true unless you're actively pursuing something these opportunities will not present themselves and people might look at what you're doing and say man he's got this podcast show and he made it into a radio show how do he do that well you know it's not always that that was the strategic plan but it's only because you pursued the podcast show and started getting the wheels in motion um, successfully that you came across this new opportunity so these things start stacking Um, So it's really cool to see how that played out. And I love the idea 
of the book. I mean, we were literally just looking at like, you know, we spoke recently and Amy was mentioning we have all this content and sometimes you get so much, you know, content, you're like, what can I do with this? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's cool that you put it together in a book and, you know, everybody, it, it, no matter who you're getting it from, this mentorship is super valuable. And I, I have gone through the book and it's really cool and it's well designed and put together. So it's like a fun, engaging uh, read. And, um, you know, so you, you, you talk to these guys. You know, I actually spoke to Alex Budek too, because I think he's the co-founder of Start Some Good. Um, and they have yep. a great little platform over there. Um, and I guess before we dive into your operations of this this uh, campaign, um, why? What, did, what made you decide? I mean, obviously there's social entrepreneur focus. Is that your primary reason for going on that platform? Yeah, I think uh, a couple of things. So one, I, I try to do business with other social entrepreneurs, right? So, um, you know, it's... Um, uh, Anna LaPay, I think, who said, uh, uh, when when we spend money, we vote for the kind of world we want to live in. Yeah. And and so I thought, if I'm going to spend money, I want to I want to do things that help other people that are helping other people. So that was one of the reasons, you know, if I'm going to give five uh, percent to Kickstarter, Indiegogo, uh, other crowdfunding uh, platforms, I might as well try to do it with somebody who's also supporting these kinds of uh, of um, initiatives. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is that, you know, Tom is just one of those kind of generous kind of human beings. He's very, he's very active in the community. He's very giving. He's a mentor to a lot of people. And uh, Tom Dawkins, who who owns, uh, he's one of the co-founders of Start Some Good. Mm -hmm. uh, so I want to support him, right? He's one of those kinds of people that I want to see his work continued to prosper and be propelled forward. And then I guess the last reason would be if anyone were looking on a crowdfunding campaign for a campaign to support, that's where like-minded people gather. So, and I'm not saying anything against Indiegogo or Kickstarter. I think there are <laughs> lots of people who use those platforms who are out looking to do social good. Uh, but, but I also, I just, I knew Tom, I knew his platform. I really wanted to support yeah, that. Yeah. Well, I don't blame you. I, and I, I get torn sometimes, you know, when we spoke, we mentioned that we we're talking about something, doing a campaign and we're, we're leaning towards Indiegogo and um, it comes down to being a little bit nervous about you know are we going to hit the goals and do they have a big enough audience to make that more feasible and you know so I give you a lot of credit you know for sticking to your guns and going after uh, start some good and and so tell me a little bit about um, how you prepared um, I know it's a, it's a lot of work and did you did you do the campaign yourself or did you get a VA or have other people help you how did you start um, strategizing it and and you know putting it all together to make sure you can get the results. Sure. Uh, well, one of the things I did was uh, Start Some Good has a uh, crowdfunding course on Udemy. Uh, I guess that's how you pronounce it. I always, you know, I hear Udemy, people say Udemy. Udemy. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, whatever they are. U-D-E-M-Y. Yeah. So, um, so I, I, uh, I took that course and he has a bunch of templates and stuff. So, you know, even if you don't use start some good, that course is available. Yeah. Uh, but, but I took that course and it really helped me to frame my thinking. Um, I also read Tim Ferriss's book about how our book, his, uh, his massive blog post about yeah. how to, to do a crowdfunding campaign that had been recommended by several people. Um, I did a lot of prepping of my family and friends and saying, you know, Hey, this thing's coming. And um, but one of the things, Adam, I think that I learned more than anything is there is no magic 
crowd out there who woke up this morning saying, I'd like to go fund something. I mean, you're going to bring 80% of the crowd with you. And then they are going to reach out and, and share with their friends. And then they'll start bringing their crowd. But in the end, it's really, uh, you know, I think the thing to do is just connect with the people that are connecting with you. And to be really clear on, you know, hey, this thing is coming, right. would love you to support this. Um, and, um, and and then there's a lot of things about language and about how to reach media and a lot of other things that, you know, we could talk about. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think that was a primary thing I did was I just reached back out to my network, knowing that when it comes to crowd, and I'm doing air quotes with my fingers here, crowd <laughs> funding, there is no magical crowd out there. It's, you know, it's the people who know, like, and trust you already that are going to come in and be the crowd to support what you're doing. Yeah, I think that's a really important lesson. So I think everybody listening, we can all get some good takeaways from your recent experience. It's fresh. You just went through it and uh, you had some success here. And it's, you know, there's so many different people giving advice on these things, Um, you know, whether it's the Tim Ferriss's of the world or uh, the guys over at Start Some Good, among many others like Brandon Adams. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And so... You know, Tim Ferriss is like, wow, they did a lot. <laughs> it's like they had all kinds of pages. And, and you could see the essence, though, to your point, is getting people to share it. And it's coming from your root um, foundation of people, your friends and family, uh, getting them to make it easy to refer and share to other people. Um, and it seems like that is a big one. And and we actually spoke to a, um, a funding um, consultant. And they said, listen, the, the biggest thing you can do, it's nice to have a big email list, but the most powerful thing you can do is really reach out to people individually and send personalized notes and get them on board. Um, You know, a mass email to an email list might get you something, but it's not quite the same power. Yeah. One of the things that Tim Ferriss uh, advised us to do in that article, and it was one of the things I did was, again, back to the spreadsheets. I'm, I'm such a spreadsheet geek. Uh, <laughs> but but I made a spreadsheet of these are the people that I'm connected to. Here's how and why we're connected. And then here's, you know, have I reached out to them? What's the date? What was their response? Are they willing? And then if they say they are, then put them on a uh, mailing list. So I use MailChimp. So I put them in a special MailChimp mailing list. So they had raised their hand and said, yes, I'm really interested in this. I want to support you. And and so there was that wave that came in initially. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm. And it's important to get that first wave because early money tells people this is something that's going to go. I think that's it is what. It was a critical lesson learned. Get those first few dollars in there and other money will follow behind. Uh, the, other, the other thing was um, when people took action, I immediately emailed them with a thank you and embedded in there was a click to tweet so that they could then share it to their social networks and uh, and that continue to grow the circle outwards. Yeah, yeah, I like it. That's a good tip. That's a good tip. So lots of follow-ups and um, just kind of getting a little strategic with the shares and referrals and all that stuff. So, and, and did you did you run solo on this or um, did you have people helping you out? I, I always I, hear like, oh, it's so much work. You got to have a team and I like to see yeah. it proved wrong. <laughs> no, actually, uh, I ran it myself. I did not have 
private team. Uh, but I will tell you, it was the only bloody thing I did for a month. Right. I mean, right. I, I thought about it morning, noon, and night. And so in the meantime, you know, I'm interviewing people and I'm editing podcast episodes and doing all the things that we do. Exactly. Uh, but it was like I would interview someone, we would hang up, I would open up my email, I would start sending out emails to friends and going, hey, I saw that you donated, you know, um, uh, or that you supported us. You know, that's that's another thing. I think language matters in these. So mm-hmm. saying, will you donate? Donate is charity. So we're not asking people to donate because that's that's not really what we're, we're doing here. We're asking them to back this campaign, to put their energy into it, to become part of it, to, to join the movement. You know, so all that language around support, back, be a part of, you know, that Building a tribe language, I think, is really critical. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So now you had as part of it was this book that we touched on earlier. Can you just tell people a little bit more about, you know, what are some of the, I guess, big takeaways? Anything stand out as you remember from putting together this book and all this great advice? Any any big takeaways that you can share with people? Yeah, the the primary thing about putting together a book is uh, my first piece of advice is just like well, the first time I finished a marathon, I you know I've run several since, but the first marathon I finished, I got across the finish line and I looked at my wife and I said, "I'll never do that again." <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what it feels like right now. You know, we just we're just crossing the finish line with this uh, book, and I'm at that "I'll never do this again" thing, and yet in the back of my mind, the next book is sort of percolating back there. Right. Um, but the uh, but but the book is called Crazy Good Advice. 10 Lessons Learned from 150 Leading Social Entrepreneurs. And uh, and it's just, you know, one of the things, or two things that have been uh, feedback for people who are early readers. Um, one is it's a very graphical, kind of illustrated, easy to read kind of book. Mm-hmm. So uh, altogether, it's, it's really less than uh, 20,000 words. Uh, and there's an illustration on just about every other page. Uh, and it, it puts air into the book. Not that it's building fluff, but but it breaks up your thought pattern and makes it easier to consume. And and we as um, you know social media consumers or media consumers, we're not used to the idea of sitting down and reading a book anymore. So it, it makes it accessible. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is people say, I really love the drawings. I think that um, you know that they they are whimsical and sort of primitive and hand drawn. And uh, and it lends character to the book, so that's part of it. So you had to but, invest in someone to design this thing, right? Uh, actually, my wife is the designer. Get she the heck out of here. That's awesome. I'm not kidding. Yeah. So <laughs> it, you know, um, it, again, it's those synchronicity moments. You know, she she just so happened to have gotten a new. Uh, tablet that she could draw on. She's an artist, and she had just gotten a new tablet that she can draw on. She had InDesign on the computer because she does newsletters as a volunteer for nonprofits. Yeah. Uh, she um, and and um, so you know, she she was able to do the illustrations and help me lay it out and to design it. And she designed the cover and all that. So um, you know, so we we're really lucky in that way. That's cool. Well, because I was going to dive into how'd you find your designer, but I guess I lost that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Actually, I um, uh, so I started to do a book 
a couple of years ago, and uh, and it was it, you know it's one of the reasons I haven't announced the book until now because I wanted to make sure it was finished before I announced it. Mm. Uh, but a couple of years ago, I started down the path of a book, and I ended up on Upwork, and I found a good designer. Then yeah. uh, it was it used to be Odesk, and now it's Upwork. Uh, but I find I find a lot of the uh, VA. I have a VA that works with me. I found her through Upwork. Uh, I find designers on Upwork. So a lot of stuff. I do like that platform. And some people will be like, oh, there's, you know, there's not a lot of good talent there. And I'm like, well, I got to disagree. I found a lot of great people. And you just have to go through and ask the um, qualifying questions so that you get the people, um, you know, you know what they know what you're asking for, and you can actually qualify them. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, your your job description and the qualifications that you put in as a filter yeah. should filter a lot of people out, and then you can start to see people as they apply. You know, if they if they send you back a cover letter and it's filled with uh, you know grammatical mistakes or yeah. something, you know, it's a it's a sure sign. But uh, no, I've had a lot of success on Upwork. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so, what was your biggest challenge then? With um, let's start with the crowdfunding campaign. What was the biggest? Not even challenge, but like you must have screwed something up. So, what would that, what might have that been? Well, we don't have enough time for to cover everything I goofed up. You know, he, here's the here's the reality of crowdfunding is it's the first money in and it's the last money that really matters. And and so I had read this and so I kind of was mentally prepared for it. But I have to tell you, it was about eight days from the end of the campaign and we were only 38% of the way to our goal. And I was just like, they had me on suicide watch around here, man. I'm And that's an exaggeration obviously but I mean I was just so depressed I was just oh my god this isn't going to happen but it was just not giving up it was just hammering it out there and then every time somebody would donate I would just publicly say thank you and I'd either send out a tweet about them or I would send out a um, you know a, a Facebook update and I celebrated everything when we hit 39% I was like woohoo we're 39% of the way there you know uh, and all the money really came in in that last three to five days. Yeah, and why, why the, is that? I, I actually was watching the campaign. I was like, oh man, because I donated it and I was just watching to see if you're going to hit the goal. And I'm just curious. So wh- what do you think really drove that last um, push to get you over the goal? Well, I, I think... Uh, money follows money. So uh, early money came in because these are just people that love me and adore me and they're going to give me money. If I say, you know, I'll blow my nose for $5, they're going to send me $5. (laughs) You know, they're just, you know, they really, they're, they're true fans. But then um, what, you know, part of it is just that procrastination. People are, you know, waiting until the last second, you know, it's my fifth email in my inbox. I'll remember to get to that next week. And then when you just start sending those emails saying, hey, only two more days to donate, one more day to donate. People are piling on. The other thing that happened was we had one donor who said, you're going to make it. I'm going to make sure you make it and I'll match whatever gets uh, donated in the last 48 hours. And so I sent out that email and donations just or donations. Listen to me. Uh, backers started pouring in. And uh, and, and so that 
that sort of, you know, if I give one, then you're going to get two. And that sort of, you know, spurred people at the last second. So I think part of it was fear of missing out. You know, this is only available here. Uh, part of it was just natural procrastination. And then part of it was just somebody who said, I will stand in the gap and make sure that you make it across that finish line. Wow, that's really cool of them. Did you know that person? I did. I did. And, and they're just, they were one of the first donors. They're a true fan. There's somebody who just believes in what it is that I do. And, uh, and they've been, you know, a good mentor and a good, uh, you know, advisor to me over time. And so, you know, they, they stepped in the gap. That's awesome. It's, it's, you know, one of the things I always I tell people is it's so important to just build relationships and build your network and um, find the people that will support you and support them. And it's amazing what doors open when that happens. That's true. Yeah. So how has this impacted what you're doing now? I mean, obviously it kind of like, how's this radio show going and, and what, so how has it changed your day to day and the, I guess, status of, of your, your business? Yeah, well, you know, status is like the last thing I think about. Yeah, I, mean, I couldn't come on, think man. of a better word. Yeah, but, it's know. okay. It's okay. No, I get it. I get it. The visibility of yeah, it, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. You know, the authority, the credibility, exactly. you know, all that. Exactly. You know, I mean, part of it, it does give me more credibility. And I read the other day that writing a book provides you more authority and credibility than a PhD. So when people go, oh, the author of this book, they go, oh, that person must know something. And, and so, you know, that by itself has helped uh, the having a radio program to be able to say, I'm the host of the radio program, Social Entrepreneur, that helps. And it's only a local program here. It's only heard in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. Uh, but that helps. And uh, but but I think the other thing that happens is uh, I'm reaching new audiences. And so, uh, you know, there are uh, our download numbers on the podcast are creeping up. And I think Part of that is just simply because it's a new medium. And so there are people who, you know, and I say to them, well, you know, you can find it on the podcast. And they're like, pod what? And uh, and so, you know, and we're streamed live on uh, Monday mornings at 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. on uh, on uh, TuneIn through the radio program. And so there are people who are discovering us that never would have downloaded the podcast. Right. And so they're discovering us through the book. They heard about us through the crowdfunding. They're finding us on social media. And the radio is just one more avenue for people to be able to hear what we're doing. Right, right. And now, did you keep it digital or did you do a hard copy as well? Uh, the book? Uh, yeah, the hard the hard copy is coming out at the end of this month. Oh, um, I thought you, you had you can, that, yeah. Yeah, you can pre-order the uh, Kindle version. The hard copy is, we, we're waiting on um, on a email message today to say it's on pre-sale, so it should be going on pre-sale by the time people hear this. And uh, and so, yeah, it's a paperback, it's a, it's a digital, and I'm really tempted to uh, make an audio book of it, but I, who has the time? So I've got to figure out <laughs> That. <laughs> Read by Tony Lloyd himself. <laughs> himself. Who would want to listen to that? Well, you know, I do. I listen. I know it's a lot of work, but you, obviously you can pay, uh, probably pay someone to do the voiceover if, if you want to cash, put the cash down for it. But I listened to uh, Richard Branson's um, book on leadership recently on audio. Yep. And I also did uh, the founder of Nike, Phil Knight, um, his audio book, because I was driving for eight hours and I sat there and just kind of pumped through that. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, uh, uh, paperback books, 
books uh, or hardcover books uh, still dominate. Yeah, uh, they're like fifty four percent of the uh, of the uh, book sales. Uh, Kindle and other EPUBs they are high. They're not quite as hot as they used to be, uh, but the fastest growing segment of the uh, book sales is audiobooks. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, people do like it because they don't always want to stare at the device. They just want to walk around and listen. Yeah, yeah. Which I can understand. We've been thinking about that for the magazine even to have every article uh, in audio format as well. Wow. You you have a lot going on over there. I know. We got we to we gotta simmer down a little bit. <laughs> I'm like, well, here's all this stuff, but we got to focus on one thing at a time. Yeah. But it's hard. You know, a lot, all, like you said, all these opportunities come up and you're like, oh, we got to do this. We got to do that. But it's, it's also very simple to get um, spread too thin and you got to be careful. Yeah, absolutely. So, Tony, um, I guess where do people get the book? Where do they find you? Get your awesome podcast show, all this stuff they have going on. So um, if you can point them in the right direction, that would be awesome. Yeah. So let me let me encourage you to um, go to your local bookstore and find out if you can get crazy good advice, 10 lessons learned from 150 leading social entrepreneurs. Um, because, you know, while I while I love and appreciate Amazon, I buy things from Amazon, I also want to make sure we're continuing to support the local economy. So, so check with your local bookstore to see when you can get crazy good advice, 10 lessons learned from 150 leading social entrepreneurs. Um, if you want to find out more about me, you can go to TonyLoyd.com and it's T-O-N-Y-L-O-Y-D.com. You can follow me on social media. I'm everywhere with that same name. And, uh, and if you want to see the page specifically about the book, it's just TonyLloyd.com slash book. Awesome. I love it, man. So guys, go check that out. I, I have already got my copy um, as a backer of the campaign. And it's awesome. It's engaging. It's visually entertaining. Um, and I think you're going to get a lot of good insights. Uh, it's, a, it's basically a mentor. 150 people, you said? That's 150 yeah. mentors right there. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> All right, Tony. Well, thank again for joining the show. Really appreciate talking to you as usual. All right, Adam, thanks so much for taking the time, man. Yeah, you got it. That's all for this episode. Your next step is to join the change creator revolution by downloading our interactive digital magazine app for premium content, exclusive interviews, and more ways to stay on top of your game. Available now on iTunes and Google Play or visit changecreatormag.com. We'll see you next time where money and meaning intersect right here at the Change Creator Podcast. Thank <laughs> you.